Hi everyone and welcome to the Perma Podcast. I am James Prescott, your host. Welcome to the show. I am really excited about today's guest. Uh, it's somebody I've wanted to have on the show and uh, who's wanted to come on my show as well, I think. So um, welcome Melissa Kircher um, to the podcast. Hi James, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here. Also known as Enneagram Paths on Twitter as well. Which will tell you a lot about um, Melissa and what she does. Um, so, uh, tell you a bit about yeah. Just tell us a bit about yourself and what you do, Melissa. Um, so, hi, I'm uh, the face and person behind Any Grand Paths, and on Twitter and Instagram and the blog Any Grand Paths, I am a. Uh, I identify as she/her. I am a writer and an artist. And I'm also an Enneagram coach. Um, I work with clients using the Enneagram. I'm a certified life coach as well. So we do all kinds of interesting work together. I love writing about the Enneagram in my blog. I do lots of interviews where we just get tons of people on and talking about how they experience their life as their type. I enjoy having such a variety of people on my blog. Um, yeah, I'm, I do, I'm a fine artist, so illustrator and painter, and I'm a writer. I've written for um, some magazines, I've been a copy editor, I've written a couple of books, I'm a huge nerd, and yeah, I love knowledge and information. I'm a five-wing four on the Enneagram, and um, I have the glasses to prove it, so... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, it's really great to have you here. I've been following your Twitter feed for quite a while. Yeah, uh, I've actually learned a lot from about the Enneagram from from your feed and about myself because I'm an Enneagram four wing five, uh, as in people who who've listened to the show for a while will know. Um, yeah, the Enneagram is, um, and I'm sure you you know this more than anybody is is such a helpful tool. Mm-hmm. For understanding yourself, and mm-hmm. I think also giving yourself grace as well with your mm-hmm. imperfections. Certainly, it's been that for me. Uh, yeah, so the, the more I learned about my Enneagram number, the more I understood myself, and the easier I was, I was able to be easier on myself. Yeah, that's why I really enjoy it too. It gives you, it doesn't really put you in a box. It gives you a uh, lot of movement because we're human beings, and I really enjoy it as a tool that allows for space and movement so that, you know, when you get into times of stress or times of health, there is that grace on both ends to understand that you're a dynamic, ever-evolving, ever-changing person and that every movement that you make has value and meaning. And that's, I think, what I love the Enneagram is it's, uh, it, it opens up the spaciousness to yourself and to others and this empathy that we can have for ourselves and other people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it does. Uh, it, it's, yeah, it's such a useful tool. Um, yeah. And so what is kind of the work that you do as an Enneagram coach? What does that, what does that involve? For me, specifically, the kind of coaching I do. So I was coached first before I ever thought of becoming a coach. Um, in true five fashion, I went to Enneagram school because I learned about the Enneagram and I just was like, I need to know everything about this thing. Um, even though at first I was very reluctant to, I was like, oh, I don't want another personality system. And then my husband left a, a book on vacation. It was Richard Rohr's The Enneagram oh, book. Yeah. You can't leave a book out in a five, you know. And so I read, I read the book, and I was like, "What is this?" So the more and more I read and read, I went to school, and the school that I ended up going to, the Madinus School, which is based in Israel, actually, um, ended up being a dual. Uh, you learn about the Enneagram, but coaching as well. So you get certified through the International Association of Coaching. And I really wanted, it worked with my life at that time. I had little kids. I needed to have something that I could do online and do at my own pace so I could finish it in a time frame that was reasonable with just having little ones around. And the coaching part of it, I wasn't really interested in. And then one day I found myself, so I had actually completed the first part, which was a lot of the Enneagram bit, and said, I don't know if I want to do the coaching part. And then one day 
I just found myself applying for this coaching fellowship, which is called the Coaching Fellowship, and it's Women Leaders of Impact. And I think it's in about 16 different countries, and they take about 60 women per fellowship, and you apply, and you get matched with top-level executive coaches in the U.S. And it took me a whole day to apply. I, I wasn't looking for it. It was just one of those mysterious things that happened. And I just, I, I wasn't, I just don't, I, I have no idea how I found it. It just happened to me. And then I was applying for it, and then I finished, and I thought, I will never get in. And I got in, and I was coached by an amazing woman named Janice, and she, the experience of coaching was so different than I thought. I thought coaching was, you have goals, you set goals, you meet those goals, and they kind of rah-rah you into that. And what I found was, with Janice, it was this really deeply intuitive listening space in which she, and it was very present moment, so where therapy, and I love therapy, I love all the different kinds of therapy, EMDR, somatic therapy, all the different behavioral, cognitive behavioral therapy, it's so important. Um, A lot of it, a therapy is based in past, and a lot of coaching is is what's going on in your life right now. And so what, I, what she did was allowed me to bring whatever was happening in my life in that session and then listened to me in such a way that she would insert and mirror back in, in really deep, insightful ways. Um, and so that's kind of how I learned to coach by being coached first. And then I went to school and got proper training and then kind of intuitively have kind of my own style, which is kind of a mix of both, of having all of that head knowledge, which I think is really important. I use the Enneagram more than the coaching that I got to have that intuitive space in which a person is safe, they can be brave, they can explore things that they might not have explored before. It's in the present moment, and they have somebody that is listening to them on a cerebral level on a body level, on an energetic level, and kind of asking, you know, okay, I heard your voice go down an octave, or where did that show up in your body when you said that thing, or did you realize that you're talking about this, and does that relate to this? So it's a very um, intuitive, intuitive listening space, and the Enneagram really helps give a commonality in which we have language we, we can use. So I don't always use the Enneagram. Sometimes I do, and it's extremely helpful, and sometimes it's more just about deep listening. But the Enneagram gives this common language where if I'm coaching somebody and they have figured out that they're a type four, then I understand maybe their drives and motivations, and I can use language that would resonate with them, and we're talking about things in a way that is connecting instead of disconnecting. I love it. It sounds great. I mean, the, I know other people who've used the Enneagram as a tool for coaching without being Enneagram coaches and have kind of tailored their coaching to suit their clients based on what Enneagram number they are. Because, yeah. like you say, different Enneagram numbers respond, respond better to different language and different ways of coaching. Uh, and uh, that is that's a really, really great way to, to do it, I think. Because it, it's much more tailored to the individual then. Um, and coaching and I've done a little bit of coaching it always works better when it's tailored to the individual rather than having like a kind of set formula that you just blanket apply to everybody Um, although obviously you have core principles that you would use with everybody but but how you coach somebody is different for every person absolutely and that was a lot of what I did in schooling was learning about how to interact with people of different and even what they you know what numbers they lead with and then even helping get people get there and then sometimes saying you know what enneagram might not be right for you at this time and and that's fine it's a tool that's extremely helpful for some and some people don't resonate with it and that's also completely fine but it's really interesting and as a five i so enjoy connecting with people and observing all the differences and nuances that go on underneath you know because we think of it as this 
and again, you can take it as a very shallow, these are the behaviors, these are the characteristics, but really the depth is what's going on underneath, what's going on in your heart and what's going on in your soul and in your body and all those really interesting interplays. And so having the ability to give space and language for each individual as they come to me, I found that that really brings a lot of love and healing and growth in a way that's not forcing it. It's more like allowing it in a really loving way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It must be amazing. It must be amazing to to work with any grown coach. I never worked with one, but uh, that must that sounds amazing. Um, and today we were going to we were talking about before we started recording uh, because we're in the middle of a global pandemic and you know many of us have been carrying a lot of grief and this year and it's kind of a collective trauma, collective grief experience. Um, but like you, but like, like we've almost kind of touched on already, everyone will be experiencing this slightly differently. Um, particularly, and different enneagram numbers will be will be experiencing it differently. Uh, and I, yeah, I think we were going to talk about. I mean, what talk about just how different enneagram numbers would be experiencing this pandemic, and maybe mm-hmm. offer some kind of encouragement or wisdom advice to each enneagram number about like to help them to help them navigate the pandemic and what they're carrying in a kind of more specific way yeah well what i've found i don't know if you've i mean i know you talk to so many different people um the a feeling of trappedness or a loss of freedom options choices yeah i think has been something that is a universal experience. Yeah. And strangely, even like universal, actually on a global scale, which is something that I don't know if before COVID we could have said that. Possibly, I'm sure, in different things, but now with how connected we are with, you know, technology and how far reaching we can't go anywhere where COVID hasn't impacted anything. And so what's interesting is as I've been coaching people, this sense of loss and grief and trappedness has actually been a, a, the same for every tape. Every tape has been maybe verbalizing it or expressing it differently, but it's been extremely interesting and, um, I mean, personally, heart-wrenching to try to figure out how to be healthy and um, integrated and well, mentally well, physically well, emotionally well, when there is this disease impacting almost every kind of life that we're experiencing. Um, And so, I, I mean, for me personally, as I've coached people, I'm also being coached. I have a coach as well and a therapist, which is also extremely important. So I think Mm -hmm. for everyone to find support where they can is just really important because we're all navigating something we've never navigated before. We're all adulting in a way that we've never adulted. You know, I have children, kids are, even though they're more adaptable, they're also having a hard time. So I think that in some ways, this what's happening is on a global scale, this grief and sadness and trappedness and loss of options is kind of catching up energetically. And we've all been used to moving very fast, at least in the U.S. where I am. Um, we move very fast, and so now we're in quarantine, and all of it's catching up, and it's hitting our bodies, and it's hitting our minds, and it's hitting our emotions, and all of a sudden, we're sitting with ourselves in ways that we've never had to sit with ourselves before. Yeah. And so um, if I was going to go around and give some examples, like type ones um, who deal with a lot of internal anger, resentment, frustration at themselves, um, usually first about not being right or good or perfect enough or... Mm. Uh, they, and, and seeing problems and wanting to fix them and wanting to do it the right way 
I mean, they're experiencing grief, loss, trapped sadness because we don't really know exactly how to fix it. And they might have a certain way. And you get into even subtypes. There are subtypes of type ones. There's social ones that are like, we need to be out in the world and doing stuff. Then there are self-preservation ones who are much more like, we need to be, everybody needs to be wearing masks and this is the right way. So this trapped feeling of your ego structure, your identity, your Enneagram number is telling you this is the way to survive this. This is the right way to survive this. And, and so to, for ones that you know are experiencing this and feeling all this frustration and anger and resentment, I think a lot of times it's extremely helpful to um, pick an element of both your health number and your stress number and try to give love and grace and and try it. Like, it, and, and just, it's all with love and grace in space, honestly. Um, and so, like, for a one, in stress, I go to four, so they're much more sensitive and emotional. So that's actually a space that a one who is, can be very rigid could give themselves some space and love to go, okay, what am I feeling right now? How can I... Um, really not think what is the right thing to feel. What am I actually feeling? And then in their health space, which is seven, what is something fun that I could do right now? You know, we just, and it's the thing about coaching that I always say, it's always about small. Like you don't want to overwhelm yourself and we're also overwhelmed. So a one that's very overwhelmed by this is what we should do. This is what the world should be doing. This is what I should be doing and I'm not good enough or this isn't perfect enough or we're not doing this the right way. Picking one fun thing to do can just relieve some of that stress and tension and internal dialogue and all of that stuff that's going on. Um, a two who, oh man, <laughs> twos who want to help and be out in the world and are others focused and enjoy giving and being there for other people, you know. A lot of two that are just sort of, they're over it. Like, they're just done, you know? And um, they are being frustrated and feeling trapped because they're ready to be done. And then they're encountering people who are like, no, we're, we're still socially distancing. We're quarantining. Like, I don't, we're not getting together for this type of thing. And so they want to be with people and are so frustrated they can't so they're trapped in that needing to help and needing to be with people and can't and so again grace and love stress move is eight um and so express some of that anger express some of that frustration in a healthy way um punch a punching bag put on angry music go for a run <laughs> get in touch with that bodily energy you know and allow that anger to be there and i think that's a really healthy dynamic for a two to experience and then take um, the four creativity of figure out something that you love to do uh, that feels authentic you know to you as a two what is something that really feels like you enjoy it and it's an authentic piece of you and express it however that is um, yeah mm, so threes yeah, any questions? Or? No, no, go on. No, I'll probably comment on the four because I'm a four. Yeah, so yeah, tell me. That, yeah, tell that'll me be an interesting one to talk about. <laughs> so three, my partner is a three, um, and he, it's been interesting to see the differences, you know, between the two of us, like a five and a three in this. Threes um, are experiencing frustration because success is, and achieving is having to be completely redefined and you're a social three, now you're doing everything over Zoom, and that is extremely frustrating, you're, you know, because you want that social contact, you want that feedback, and that's a, a lot group feedback. And if you're a one-on-one three, you know, seeing somebody over a screen isn't good enough, you know, and so there's this frustration and the feedback that you need to feel good and worthy that feeds the ego is, is being lost because there's all these ways that society worked and 
your business work to your your homework. You know what I mean? Even in relationships, three is like to succeed and do well. And this pandemic has changed the way relationships work. We're stuck together much more, and so you can feel like you're failing, like failing. I mean, my partner, the amount of times that he's just been. I don't think I've ever seen him cry as much and be really in touch with his emotions because he just, all the ways that he learned how to succeed have been taken away by this pandemic and all these changes. And so he's had to reevaluate. So in the stress, he goes to nine and kind of turns off and narcotizes. And a really positive thing about that that he can use is to find healthy rest. So um, reading a book, uh, that he really enjoys or finding he loves Marvel. So he watches the Marvel movies and he does it purposefully. Instead of turning off his emotions, he uses the nine to um, rest in a really healthy way. And then six, more of like I'm a team player and I'm going to figure out how I can make all the people in my life and uh, achieve their goals versus me. And so it's, it's helpful for him in, the, in our family unit. You know, how can I, how can this day go well? Um, how can you do your work, wife? How can my kids do homeschooling? How can I get my work meetings done? And when he gets into that sixth space, he's really uh, making sure everything works together. And it actually then helps him feel like successful and more grounded. And Fantastic. You want to talk about fours? I do want to talk about fours. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, tell me what I mean. I'll tell you, tell me, and I'll tell you whether whether it's true, because okay. and it probably will be. You know, I mean, it will be because I'm before. I am number four. I couldn't be more four if I tried, kind of thing. <laughs> I, you know, I thought I was a four for a year, and then this is common. This typing is very common, and then I realized, oh no, not a four. I thought I was uh, a five for a while. Did you? Yeah. I, and then, like, then my friends are telling like, no, no, you're, you're a four. You're clearly a four. It's obvious. Like, and these were experts in the Enneagram, like, you know, uh-huh. who are friends of mm-hmm. mine. They were saying, like, no, no, you're a four. <laughs> you're clearly a four. <laughs> and then I looked at what a four was, and I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm really a four. So. Uh, yeah, isn't that how it is? It's this great feeling because you resonate, and then also this like, oh, no, I'm not a find this to be internal 
and to have an internal world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Yeah. And so, which is a great thing. It's rich and complex and we need it. Um, but the two in stress, um, to, trying to find, um, Suzanne Studio teaches a lot about taking your stress number and that we need our stress number actually. So it's a, it's a way that we can see, oh, I'm, I'm becoming stressed and self-awareness practice, but then we can choose the high side of each of our stress numbers in order to help move us out of stress. So, okay. which I love her. I love that. And I've used that in my own, um, for my own self and found it extremely helpful. It doesn't necessarily negate our move to stress. Like we're just going to keep moving to that stress number, but knowing that I can, you as a four can watch yourself going to two and say, Oh, I think that I'm moving there and say, and take a pause, take a breath and go, okay. And sometimes you just keep moving to two and that's fine. <laughs> you know, I just been stressing humans and they just got to be like, that's fine. It is what it is. And, that's part of being a human being is being stressed out. Um, but sometimes we can take that pause and breath and ask ourselves, what is the high side of this number that will really help me move out? And so instead of having this internal focus, I can, instead of negating myself, as like a two or helper would be, I could choose to have a conscious other's focus at the moment. How can I consciously choose to focus on somebody else's needs that just gets me out of my own head for a little while that can calm down the stress response. So without, and it has to be in a, in a healthy way, so it has to be of more of like a true helping. So you identify somebody's true need and ask them, can I help you in this way? And they say, yes, please do. And then that need is met in a really great way that makes you feel good, makes them feel good, and kind of gets you as a four out of, your own self for a bit, which is a helpful practice. Um, and then the move to one is that ability to see that your emotions are real but not always fact. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Does that resonate? Absolutely. Does <laughs> resonate, yeah. Feelings, not facts, yeah. Um I worked with a life coach last year and one of the things we worked on, and she didn't know about the Enneagram too much, but one of the things we worked on a lot was discerning facts and feelings and not acting out of the emotion but actually pausing and saying, okay, what's the facts of this situation? Like one example I think was um, I haven't heard from my boss for ages, I haven't been in touch, I need to see them they're not anywhere, they're, no, they're never here, they're not, you know, and I need to see them, it's really important, and they're, they're, they've forgotten about me, you know, this is all the emotions, and then my, my coach was like saying, yeah, but where has she been, like, has she been in, has she, is she away, is she busy with meetings, is she, you know, like, what are the facts, like, and of course, once I stopped and paused and thought about the facts, it was like, oh, it's that time of year, she's doing appraisals for people, she's interviewing people, she's busy, basically, like so um of course she's not going to be here it's not about me it's not about like rejection or like abandonment or mm -hmm. all those emotions that i had and it really helped so and that is definitely a fourth thing that you can mistake feelings for facts all the time mm -hmm. um it's uh, and i have to watch for it i have to watch for it all the time and what does that help you like when you are able to take that pause and breathe a bit and Okay, now here are the facts. What is the feeling then that comes after that for you? It's calming. It's soothing. It's like, oh, right, okay, yeah. You know, I still have to talk myself around because sometimes, mm -hmm. of course, being a four, you tell stories in your head and whatever. So I can always, so sometimes I get too clever for myself and start twisting facts or making facts <laughs> suit what I'm feeling. Uh -huh. <laughs> like um yeah but that could mean that but that could you know it's like you know so i have to you've got to be really careful um and sometimes you don't you just can't do it sometimes it's just mm -hmm. you're too emotional too down too upset and you can't you can't uh you can't distinguish um or, or you just get there too late and it's you know it's too late um 
but I'm definitely getting better at it as a kind of habit, um, yeah. almost a subconscious habit. Yeah. Uh, so, and all of those things he mentioned about carrying all of those, all the, all the emotions, all the the weight of everything, uh, the grief. Uh, I have felt that this year, mm. Uh, mm. and I'm highly sensitive too. So I internalise everything anyway neurologically my, my body just does that uh and so and it's difficult to explain to somebody who doesn't have that condition and doesn't experience things like that uh, because it's just like you you don't intentionally take the weight of the world on your shoulders but your body does and uh you take all it's not like you take responsibility for everything it's just that you feel everything it's like um it's like like having a spider sense like turned up maximum, you know. Or I think there's a there's one there's another. Oh, it's, like I'm, in, I'm into comic books, so comic book movies. So um, Superman, the last Superman movie, one of them was he's learning about all these powers, and because when he can't manage them, they're all turned up to maximum. So like his X-ray vision and like his hearing and like his everything's just turned up. And he can just hear and see everything, and it's overwhelming until he learns to control it. And it can be like that when you're highly sensitive. You you pick up everything. Like even when like I told said this before on the show that sometimes you can even go on Twitter uh, as a as a high, highly sensitive person or Enneagram Four, and you go there and you and without really scrolling, you can just pick up the energy that's there. Like the weight of it, like when Chadwick Boseman died, and I went on to Twitter. Um, it, you know, once I saw the news, it was just I just every time I went on Twitter that day, it was just I could feel it, I could feel it in my body that I was taking all this stuff on just by going on the app. Yeah. Um, and it was just this weight, you know, and I carried it for a few days and it affected me uh, and I was crying a lot and it wasn't just my own grief it was just it was like everybody's grief at the same time uh, and yeah you have to make space for yourself when that kind of thing happens and actually kind of put the phone down and just say like I need to kind of get some distance from this like because I can't carry it all myself um, yeah. yeah I mean what's a, what would you say is a healthy thing for a four to do in that situation that can help them? Um, well, as I'm a highly sensitive person as well, um, so I know exactly what you're talking about in terms of oh. uh, tuned up at all times and dialed in, whether you like it or not. I'm so aware of everything. Yeah. Um, sometimes extremely helpful and sometimes extremely just not. <laughs> 100%, yeah. Um, <laughs> what's interesting that i found is embodiment work and somatic work has been really helpful for all of the types, everybody right now. Yeah. And so I think the advice that I would give a four, I would kind of give to most Enneagram types is really work on connecting to your body, um, which sounds really woo-woo. And I, you know, I'm a five and we're the ones that are the most uh, disconnected from our bodies and yet I found the most healing in actually taking time and space to figure out my body's voice what it has to say to me and really there's all these different practices that you can just choose from to do exercise, go outside for a walk, feel sunshine on your face, yoga run, punch things kick things, push against the wall throw rocks, break eggs in the shower Scream in your car. I mean, anything that in that moment feels like it would be a healthy way to express what you're feeling in a bodily way, I think is really good for force. So, and maybe outside would be really great too i think a lot of fours are uplifted by sunlight and nature and so if you can even if you live in an urban setting 
as a fourth, you can go for a walk in a park and socially distance, whatever you're comfortable with at this point, wherever you live. Um, just that feeling of even rain, you know, like just getting outside if it's raining and feeling the rain and just oh, asking yourself, yeah. what is this feeling I'm feeling right now in my body? Just that getting in touch with the aliveness of you and the, the physicalness of your presence. Um, there is something mm. magical and mystical that I really want to understand as a five, but I, I don't. I just know that it's true that our bodies are so important. So that's, that's what I would suggest. It's really interesting you say that because I've been doing, I was working, I started working with an embodiment coach in about February, March and all the way through the first kind of four months. And that was a complete coincidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so I, over that period, I started getting really connected to my body. And I'm much more connected to my body now and have a relationship with my body. Uh, and that's, been, that's actually been really helpful yeah. in processing all of that. And I've been... I, I, coincidentally, again, I started doing therapy just as this kind of... This started... And it wasn't planned. I didn't know the pandemic was coming when mm-hmm. uh, when I planned all that in. So really interesting, and it has helped. And when you talked about standing out in the rain, that that really resonated. I I, I, I did that once, and uh, recently uh, I don't know. There was something about it. Just um, yeah, just felt like being connected to everything to the earth yeah, like the and earth. just and fresh freshness you know with the, the rain and cleaning the air and all of that yeah yeah really interesting yeah. <laughs> um yeah this is good this is really helpful for me actually <laughs> and I, know I've got, I know there are listeners who are fours as well and and um I'm so highly sensitive to people who are listeners so i'm sure it'll be helpful for them too but um so moving on to five which is your yeah. Your number. Um, My number. Tell us a bit about yeah. that. So fives are the observers, and we process the world through um, knowledge and information being in our heads. And I think the pandemic has been extremely difficult. All three subtypes of fives, however you one-on-one, um, self-preservation or um, social Uh, all the subtypes are feeling it in every single number. So it's just the instincts, I think that's why I bring up, is because the instincts for each type have been heightened, I feel like, by the pandemic. Uh, If I'm a self-preservation five, which is me, I'm extra self-preservation five because there's actual real danger, you know? And so our subtypes that are coming up as how we survive in an evolutionary kind of way, which makes sense in terms of tribalism and uh, if you're self-preservation, it's all about resources and danger and food and if you're one-on-one it's about your mate and your relationships and if you're social it's about your standing in a tribe all the ways that we survive all of that's being heightened so I think that's really important to just note that those are going to be extra it's going to be making your type even extra because we're in actual danger now you know there's actually something out there that as a global society that is dangerous um so as a five, I've, I have, haven't been able to understand. I think I've been driving most people around me insane with, and then the information changes every moment, it feels like. So you go on Twitter, and I, I'll get, I've had to cut myself off from news sources a bit because I will go down a rabbit hole of information and emerge two hours later asking my husband rapid-fire questions, but he just looks at me like, deer and headlights like what is wrong with you <laughs> and I'm just going but I don't understand I don't understand how this person can say this thing but this person can say this thing how does that make sense it doesn't make sense so we're feeling trapped by the lack of information and um, it's unsettling and in stress we go to seven which can be manic doing um, the really low energy or limited energy goes really haywire and choosing the high side of that for five is noticing what you said the pause I mean that is a huge thing in coaching just coaching therapy everything especially even in Enneagram world pausing and breathing can be an, even its own form of meditation just like a two cycle breath where you're 
in the belly, out through the nose, you know, all of that, and through the nose, out through your mouth, that you're doing deep belly breathing. That pause has been extremely important to go, okay, and then seven stress. I'm doing a bunch of things that don't necessarily need to be done. It's just I'm avoiding pain because I can't understand things. And I have to go, okay, I'm going to choose something fun to do right now. So um, I pick one thing that seems ridiculous or um, um, irrational use of resources, which is silly. So like going out to dinner or order at this point, ordering dinner in, um, where my self-preservation five, stressed out seven would be like, oh, we shouldn't be sending money. Pick no, it would be fun. It would be fun to order dinner and not have to do dishes and that. Or let's go outside and play a game. So picking one fun thing. And then um, health for five is eight, which is empowerment, action. And for me, that is choosing to do something that is productive. So instead of thinking about what I want to do or planning or researching, it is actually picking something and doing it. And in COVID, it makes it more difficult. But it, when I'm able to do that, like what you were saying, that feeling of calm, if I, if I pick that thing and I go, I'm tired to do this, I can do this one thing, and I finish it and I complete it, the calm that comes emotionally, in my body, in my spirit, is is really just uh really healthy <laughs> really needed fantastic wow oh, we're making progress so yeah we've still got a few numbers to get to get through so um any round sixes sixes yeah i feel like sixes actually it's so funny you see i don't know if you've noticed on the enneagram interwebs how everybody thinks oh, this number is doing great with this thing. You know, the, oh, the fives love being at home. And actually, no, we don't. We're going crazy. Like, we want to be out the world. Like, oh, yeah. you know, like, the the withdrawing fours just love Marin. And it's like, no, they actually are feeling too much. And I've seen a lot of six, you know, six Twitter and Instagram people, oh, the sixes love this. They're prepared. It finally happened. And no. <laughs> um Sixes, in some sense, yes, they feel validated because, you know, constantly preparing for worst-case scenarios um, and questioning authority. But right now, so stressed and trapped feeling because who's the authority to trust? And even trust of self feels scary for a six during something like this because what if I make the wrong decision? It has such weight to it. So with love and grace, um, you can use stress to three, which is um, finding a way to succeed that is authentic. So it's finding the high side of three. It's, it's choosing something that you're passionate about, that you care about, that you can trust yourself about, and then doing it as an empowered you. Because the high side of three is a three that can, that is truly themselves. And so a six moving and getting in touch with that, that energy of that true trust in self kind of empowers the six to make decisions based on themselves which is something that they're not really used to doing. They, they're used to distrusting themselves. And so when you can trust yourself as a six, there's that calm, there's that healing sense. Um, and then health nine is, <laughs> I, I once remember asking a friend, struggling with sixes and being like, I really just don't understand <laughs> what, what's high side of nine. I don't get it. And she goes, well, think about like, she's like it's like, it's the best part of laziness. <laughs> I was like, okay. Like, unpack that for me. And she was like, well, but when, she's like, when, she's like, nines aren't really lazy. They're just, they're numbing things. So, but when you're really, it's like the rest. So it's 
It's the anxiety of a six trusting in that nine, everything will be okay. And so in this COVID time, using that health number to maybe pick some mantras that really feel great and using that nine energy to mantra, like everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to work out. Like everything's going to be okay. And as a way of calming down the phobic, counterphobic tendencies to they're experiencing distrust of self and distrust of authority because it's all over the place. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. Am I yeah. explaining that? Yeah. I know if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. Six is the one that I'm probably the least knowledgeable about. So um, this is quite interesting for me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And they're the most common I've heard. A lot of Enneagram teachers say how sixes are at least Western. Yeah, yeah. In the Western, I don't know about um, different parts of the world, but in in the West, it's a very common number, which is interesting, yeah. Interesting, yeah. Which brings us on to seven. Yeah, the enthusiast. Indeed. (laughs) sounded the whistle early on of like, this is not okay. (laughs) Like, I don't know if... um, I didn't even think about it. I, I truly, honestly did not think how hard quarantining would be for seven until like day one, my friends and clients that were seven were like, I'm dead. I'm dying. Like what? I, I cannot do this. This is not happening. They, they were just the, the very first people to say, this is not normal. <laughs> this is not how humans should live. <laughs> like, um, they seven need options and freedom and, spontaneity and, and zest and life and energy and so sticking them in one spot limiting what they can do for work limiting where they can go limiting interactions with people I mean whew, it was it was like a deep dark for seven right at, right at the beginning I think now I've seen a rebounding because, you know, they can reframe like anybody else. They are amazing at taking something really hard and seeing the positives in it. And I think um, that is the health number of five where they can really focus and become satisfied by what's in front of them. And so that move to five um, that helps the seven find the fullness and joy in things and really dive deep. I think this quarantine time has really brought out that ability in seven to go, okay, this is what we're given. How can I dig into it? I think people don't realize how deep sevens are, that they really have tons of deep emotions, have, are used to living with the, the, the happy spectrum, the happy side. <laughs> yeah. And repress this you know, the, the, the sadder side and more negative, but negative, I don't like using the word negative, just the, the, the darker side. You know, there's the dark, dark and light and both have their place. And I think what's was interesting is sevens right at the beginning were so confronted with the darker side immediately of grief, sadness, anger, despair, overwhelm, all that kind of stuff. It hit them so hard. But they really used that five ability and health to really... Um, be able to um, get some depth and meaning and understanding out of what we're going through. I found the sevens in my life to be so wise. And then the stress, um, they go to one in stress and can get really perfectionistic and nitpicky and angry at people. And you can choose the high side of one by um, finding ways to fix finding ways to perfect and reform and really caring about stuff. So they can take that high side of one and that energy that's there that's available when they're stressed out and kind of take a pause and a breath and choose, okay, how can I actually see things? And maybe um, a healthy a healthy one sees the full spectrum, not just black and white thinking. So how can I see the spectrum here and how can I use that energy to really 
reform something, make something better. Um, and I've seen a lot of sevens do that, and it's been really cool, actually. Um, awesome. Yeah, it's like the, the um, Black Lives Matter movement that also has been has been around for a long time, but is um, kind of COVID is forcing it outwards more, the expression of it, and a, a lot of. Yeah deeply carrying sevens and ones and eights and a lot of the numbers actually just really been interesting to see the intersection of that as well yeah i mean yeah i mean yeah i think covid plus obviously the murders of of george floyd and others have really combined almost to bring that to the surface even more and people are noticing it even more and like you say i think it's affected i think everyone is affected by that in some way. I think that's part of the part of the grief as well that people are carrying is is because of that as much as the pandemic. And just this whole year, I mean this whole year is like you know, we had UFOs confirmed by the US government that didn't even make news. You know, it's like there's I so did not know that. <laughs> it's like so much has happened this year that we it's like, yeah, I mean I mentioned this earlier that the, the, what happened with Chadwick Boseman was for me yeah. that was kind of like the breaking point it was like enough mm. bad things enough grief like mm. I can't handle it <laughs> it's so much um, this is wrong can we not have this anymore you know um, yeah and, and like you say it's affected everybody yeah I've been really this concept that keeps coming up for me is this phrase I can't breathe yeah you know yeah, which, yeah, yeah. you know became such a thing with George Floyd and um, but yet it's so interesting seeing how that is that phrase is actually touching everyone right now I mean if you think about people who are protesting wearing masks I can't breathe and why you know why are they protesting wearing masks it's because their way of life is being threatened because the way that white people have had the ability and the power and the finances is being threatened. And so this mask is sort of a metaphor. And they're saying, oh, I'm not going to wear this. I can't breathe. And it's really interesting to me. And then you have these um, people of color being murdered and killed by these way in which, they, and it's been done before. I mean, this happened a couple last year, I think, with another man in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't breathe. Um, and then we think about people who are wearing masks, healthcare workers who are on the front lines and can't breathe, you know, because, and they're having such a hard time breathing because of all of the protective stuff that they're fighting this thing. Then you think about COVID itself. You know, the disease, I can't breathe. And then you think about the global global warming. Our Earth is basically saying, I can't breathe. And I just think it's really um, painful, hard time to be living through right now that the space that we need. And what is your first thing that you do? I mean, what we've been talking about, what's interesting is what we do naturally when we're threatened or when we need to calm down is what do you tell somebody? Even if they're in grief, you say, just take a deep breath. And we're all feeling this, like, I can't breathe, and we need to take deep breaths. So it's this duality that lives together where we need to breathe and we can't breathe, and we're all trying to figure it out. So having love and grace for each other as all of these things, these, like, tectonic plates underneath shift and move been really yeah exactly yeah oh it has been one long experience for a lot of us it really has <laughs> yeah uh, all of us really it's like a collective experience yeah um so eight eight now eight is like interesting for me as a four like okay why i, I don't know i always have like i sometimes i have a bit of resentment for eight because it's like you have all these great personality type gifts which mm-hmm. allow you to, to do all these things and be successful and uh, and achieve and stuff. And I wish I could do that, but I'm too busy sitting in my existential angst and needing everything to be right emotionally and in my head to, to do it. Um, 
That's how I feel about threes. And I married one. Yeah, it's the same to three. Like, yeah, same with threes. They annoy me, and I, but I lo- because I'm secretly envious. I'm like, I just want the energy. I don't have the energy that you have to do all that, and I want to. Like, please, I wish I could be you. Yeah, 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 yeah same. Yeah. Same with threes too. Yeah, yeah. So how are eights? How are eights doing? Eights, um, are having a hard time just as much as the rest of us. I think eights that have done some Enneagram work and know that they are capable of vulnerability and and being in contact with their emotions and their hearts, and have felt the loss of that. The stress has kind of disconnected them again. Um, so I found that eights are struggling, number one, with just having feelings and then repressing them, not feeling them. Also, eights are very future-oriented, so they're planning, doing, and so the loss of being able to say, well, this is going to happen because I'm going to make it happen. They're actually, for the first time, experiencing something where they could say, this might happen. I might, you know, it's an eight is very empowered, control. Usually if they say they can do something and want to do something, they will do it. And it's a superpower. And it can also be, you know, they can also walk on top of others in getting to those goals. So it has its downsides, too, obviously. Um I think eights in stress right now are going very five, which is me, which is seeing that they just go immediately into it's all ending. This is it. It's done. The world is over. We should get a bunker. (laughs) I remember I had a friend who doesn't know that he's an eight, but I'm pretty sure he is. Um, We had a Zoom call, and he was like, all right, so when the world ends, and we're all living in a commune together, those of us that, are, that have survived, what's your job going to be? And I just had to laugh, and I just thought in my head, oh, you poor dear eight, stressed out, like, as a five. Um, yeah, very, like, nihilistic. Everything is going to crap. But choosing the high side of five is getting in touch with wisdom. And so an eight can take a breath, take a pause, and go, I'm stressing out, and I'm wanting to hide from the world. I'm wanting to... Uh, usually five is like secret revenge, but with COVID, I think it's different. If there's a different energy, it's more like um, protecting and myself and everything else is going to crap, and so I need to protect myself and I need to protect those around me. And um, the wisdom that you can find in the high side of five is what's really important, what's really necessary, what's really healthy, what's really good right now. And so an ability to maybe think more rationally. Um, And then the health, too, is getting in touch with that vulnerability, actually, that they're losing a lot of within COVID. And so vulnerability is extremely hard for eights, but the two is so um, spending time, if you can, with children, Animals. I know so many people have bought pets during this time, and I think that's been really helpful. And I think an eight that could, if they had the resources and space, any kind of animal that gets them in touch with that protectiveness and vulnerability and innocence without it being an unsafe kind of space is really healthy for eights to do. Um, that's that too nurturing so nurturing themselves, letting others nurture them, would be the eight moving to two space, yeah. which is hard. Yeah. Again, a therapy, a really trusted therapist, a coach, a really close friend, a close family member that you know is safe would be what I would suggest with those emotions that you that an eight would be afraid to, to share. Hmm. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I've still got one more number to go. Yeah, nines. Yeah, I was almost like, yeah, no, but there's another number. Um, Enneagram nines. So um, I've got a few friends who are nines as well. Yeah. Um, I love nines. I know. I I, I did I did an Enneagram a day, a day of Enneagram teaching last year, and 
one of the things we talked about is like which numbers date which numbers the most uh-huh. uh, and they were saying that fours date nines quite a lot or end up with nines quite a lot um Oh, I could see that. Kind of like a balancing equilibrium. Yeah. And the weird thing is I've dated about two or three nights. That's amazing. And I didn't know that. I think think I've also dated a couple of sixes uh, who go to nine. I think they go to nine in strength or something or... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, that makes that checks out. energy. Yeah. Yeah. So, Enneagram nines. Yeah. Yeah, I... I always joke with my husband, like, if we were ever to do, like, a add-on to our marriage, a sister-wife kind of jam, like, <laughs> I want a nine. Like, they would be so great to live with, and, yeah, it would be so fun to have just, or even just live in a commune with nines. Like, I just, I so enjoy their calm. They're so calming and tranquil. I just, yeah. I want also that energy for my brain. Like, somehow I just didn't get that, and being an HSC, a highly sensitive person, I'm so attracted to that mm. ability that they have to just yeah zen. yeah me the too. zen yeah um, so nines are the peacemakers they are the zens of the of the archetypes and um, avoid conflict um, in some ways nines I've found have been medium okay actually during COVID I think it's one of the only numbers that I've found being medium okay. Not deeply okay, more able to handle the fact that it changes so much. You know, the everything with the coronavirus and politics and Black Lives Matter and everything that's going on in, in the world and in our different countries. I have found personally, and I can't speak for, you know, other therapists and coaches, Nines have seemed to be able to roll with the punches a bit better, which is kind of on brand, um, but not in an entirely unhealthy way. I've really found that they've been able to, they have that superpower of really understanding all the perspectives, all the different perspectives, and so that allows them to deeply believe that it, it's all going to work out and be okay. I think the stressors that have come out with nines and COVID is a bit of um, more anxiety. So the six for a nine just brings out a more of a worst-case scenario kind of thinking and what could happen and just their anxiety ramps up a little bit. And so that's just something that nines can pay attention to. And I think the high side of that might be, you know, connecting with others and making sure that you have, like, a a network of people that if you feel that anxiety, you know, I can go to this person and use that six energy and connect with them and go to that person and use that six energy and connect with them and have your network kind of keep you grounded when the anxiety kind of tends to build. Um, And then they go to three in health, which is, I think, helpful as maybe a nine in COVID and these pandemic and quarantine times could tend to want to numb out a bit more. And the three energy helps them get in touch with what really matters to them and kind of pushes them out of maybe some numbing into deciding this is important to me and I'm going to go do this, which is what we need right now in the world, honestly. And so, and I think a nine that gets that in the same way that, and and I don't resonate with that because I'm a five um, in terms of not knowing what I'm passionate about. So a lot of times nines don't know when they get in touch with that three they know what they're passionate about and they know what they want to do and how to do it. And that is calming for them in a, in a healthy way. It's a very, um, it's an empowering kind of calm. Mm. It's called right action where, where a nine finds that like, oh, this is me and I'm going to do this. And, and it's a really healthy, calming feeling. Yeah, I, I've seen that in the, in the nines that I know as well. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wow, we got through all of them. That's that's fantastic. I mean, there's so much insight there, and I'm I'm sure that everyone who's listened has, has found something of themselves in that. And also, I think to go through everyone, all of them, if you know what number your friend is, or you recognise some of these traits in a friend, you could be. It might help you be a better friend to them, and yeah. support them right now, and in the way that in a way that helps them. So. Yeah, um, really great, really great. Thank you, Melissa. Oh, I'm glad, yeah. And I think what you said about um, understanding each other, if we're all stressed out and we're all carrying all of this weight and feelings and unknown and uncertainty and, you know, the full spectrum of feeling, even up to joy and happiness, you know, it's weird to feel joy and happiness right now, but we're all feeling that too. So yeah. if you know... If you have that kind of, if you can know what your friend is or what your partner is or even um, co-workers, you can, it gives you a level of, even maybe just being able to ask the right kind of questions of, hey, I noticed, you know, about you, like, how is this going or how are you feeling about that? That is empathetic and spacious, which we all need empathy and space right now. Absolutely, we do. We do. Well, thank you for coming on the show. It's been so great. I've really enjoyed this. Yeah. Um, I want to have you back on the show sometime. I'm sure there's loads that we could talk about in relation to the Enneagram. So. uh, Yeah, so complex. Yeah, that's right. Always learning. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm here for that. I'm here to learn. (laughs) And I think all of us are. Yeah, that's right. And where can people connect with you and your work? Um, Enneagram Paths, P-A-T-H-S, like walking a footpath, um, on Instagram, Twitter, and my website is EnneagramPaths.com. Fantastic. Excellent. And do follow those because there's some great wisdom on those timelines. So, um, yeah, thanks, Melissa, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. It's so fun. Yeah, and thanks for listening, everybody.